Hey, besties. Hey, besties. We're back. We are. And better than ever. I don't know about better than ever. <laughs> Kansas had a night out. <laughs> I also just woke up from a nap. It was a glorious nap. Oh, I need to take a nap because I'm going out later, but I don't have time. No, you're not going to have time to take uh, a nap. It's okay. I'll just be tired. <laughs> um. Okay, lots of news, lots of things to talk about. Yes. We missed a week because we you, you were in Indianapolis. Yes. And I was in the Bay Area. So mm-hmm. we didn't record last week, but it's been kind of chill. Yeah. Like, it's, it's fine, honestly. Um, update on Ben. <laughs> Let me pull up the receipts. So basically, we scheduled our first date. Mm-hmm. He wanted to reschedule because he had IBS, stre- <laughs> like stress-induced IBS. Yeah. And then um, I went on the second date with him. We got tacos. It was fine. I really liked him. Yeah. And then we scheduled our third date, which he canceled, like, really last minute. And then we rescheduled. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to read this out. Okay. So I said, are you free tomorrow? He said, probably not tomorrow. Um, I could do something in the evening Tuesday. Probably right after work, you could come meet the kitty. So I was going to meet his cat. I said, sound good. I would love to meet your cat. Do you want to pick me up on your way home tomorrow? He said, yeah, then we could Uber from my place. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. And then we're like just texting and then he goes, I'm going back. This is the day of. Mm-hmm. I'm going back and forth on whether or not I'm up to go out tonight. I'm, like, anxious about a lot of stuff right now. So I say, okay. And I was kind of freaking out a little bit. I sent this to my group chat with my friends because I was, yeah, like. we were, like, absolutely totally not. It was, I was, like, I don't know how to say this in a nice way, but it feels like he keeps flaking out on me. Yeah, because he does. Yeah, and I want to be supportive because I also have anxiety, but it's also kind of, like, inconsiderate of yeah. my time to keep canceling and so you have minute. you have anxiety, and you're also not like that. Like, Well, okay, because I, again, I don't know where he's at in his journey with anxiety, because yeah. I've struggled with it for, like, five, no, longer, <laughs> like, seven years yeah. now. So yeah. I I just go headfirst into it. Like, That's true. Like if but it's I, also, like, you yeah. can cancel plans and stuff, but also, like... Not over and over and over. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's also, like, how he phrased it was what really pissed me off. Because he was like, yeah. oh, I'm still debating on whether or not I want to go out with you. Like, No, that's not what he said. He said well, that's whether... what, like, I'm still debating on whether or not I want to go out. Like, he said whether or not I'm up to go out tonight. Yeah. So it's, like, whether he was capable of going. Anyways, so I, I FaceTimed my other friend because our group chat was just, like, roasting him. And I I wanted to be a bit nicer than that. So my other friend helped me write these. And she is a god. Like, she's a genius. So is Nat. Nat is an absolute genius at writing texts. And she just helped our other friend, the like, last night. Yeah. Anyways, so my other friend helped me write this. So I said... Okay, just let me know a time that will work for you because I hate that our plans keep falling through and I really liked hanging out with you. Yeah. And I thought that was a really good way yeah. of communicating my that feelings like, in a nice way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he said, I'm not being very fair to you about keeping my plans and I'm sorry about that. So he acknowledged yeah. he acknowledged that. 
I said, I was thinking we could have a chill night in and watch a movie if you're still up for it. He said, that would be fun. I think I can swing that tonight. I'm sorry about all the confusion. And then he goes, I'm a little worried that we're looking for different things right now. And that's been causing me some anxiety recently. Mm. So at this point, I was like, I, like, we're supposed to hang out in like an hour. And we've scaled it down. Like, I don't know what we were doing because I thought we were going to go to his house and hang out at his house. And then he, I don't know, it sounded like he thought we were going to, like, go meet his cat and then maybe, like, go out to oh, dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was getting kind of stressed about that and maybe the fact that it was, like, a date or something and that yeah. wasn't what he wanted. Yeah, so I didn't understand that because we went on a date the first time. Yeah. So I thought that maybe he was looking for a relationship. Yeah. I don't know. But we were literally about to hang out in like an hour. So I was like, I'll just talk to him about this in an hour when we hang out. Yeah. (laughs) But he just starts talking about it on text. So I'm like, yeah, I was kind of worried about the same thing. I think right now I'm looking for a relationship. What are you looking for? He says, I don't think I've really figured that out yet, and it's probably because I'm still working through a lot of my own issues, blah, 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 blah. Um, Fulfilling physical needs is a large driver for dating right now, but that's not to say I don't want to become close to someone and spend time with someone. I'm worried that if things become physical between us, the gaps in our expectations of each other are only going to become a bigger issue. And so I, okay, this is something I've been dealing with a lot recently because, uh, like, kind of my whole introduction to men was my first boyfriend at the age of 19. Yeah. Um, I was a late bloomer. I think we're going to talk about this a bit more later on. Yeah. But I didn't really interact with guys at all until I met my first boyfriend. Yeah. And I kind of made the moves on him. But it was, like, very innocent. It was a a really nice introduction to dating, I think, because it was very wholesome. Um, He was very, like, respectful. He was a nice boy. He was smart. Like, I I really felt comfortable with him. Mm -hmm. I loved him. We dated for a year and a half. Yeah. And it was a really, really great introduction to relationships and to sex we never had sex but like everything that we did was very Mm -hmm. it was you know consensual respectful like it was matching where I was at like I I was doing everything for the first time and I I wasn't being rushed into things or like doing all these crazy things like it was it was you know starting out at a nice smooth introduction to everything so that was my first boyfriend and I really liked being in a relationship Mm -hmm. and since then I since we broke up when I was 20 I think was I 20 I think so (laughs) we dated from February 2019 to October 2020 yeah which is a year and a half yeah yeah so I was 20 when we broke up and now I'm 22 so it's been two years since then I haven't, or no, it hasn't been exactly two years. It's been maybe like a year and a half since we broke up Um, because it's February now. So now would be like, now would be our three years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. February 2019 to 2022. Anyways, so we dated for a year and a half. It's been a year and a half of me being single since Mm -hmm. we broke up. And I've always known that I wanted to get back into a relationship. I liked having a relationship. I liked having a boyfriend. 
mm-hmm. someone that I could call like all the time with like all my bullshit and he wanted to hear me talk yeah and he wanted to see me and wanted to you know support me and he liked spending time with me yeah um I I I want to be in a relationship mm-hmm. but I just keep finding myself in this position where I'm encountering a lot of men I think it's really normal like around our age group for men to not be looking for that yeah so I know and the majority of men around our age and we were we were literally just talking about this before recording that Mm -hmm. I know what I want yeah and yet I just keep finding myself wanting to settle yeah which because I you know I'd rather have something than nothing yeah but it just sets you up for getting hurt one person is gonna catch feelings and it's just not gonna work out yeah so I'm really trying to like enforce that more and really trying to like tell myself like don't settle don't settle you know what you want don't settle for anything less than what you want yeah um but it's really hard when you when you meet people and you have a connection and you like them and they're just not looking for what you're looking for and so you're like should I settle should I settle for less than what I want yeah so I just I keep running into this issue a lot um I think I've what I've dated like four or five people since then yeah I had like a situationship and then I've had a couple like sort of hooked up be like friends with benefits situations where I just keep finding myself settling when I shouldn't be (laughs) yeah I would say like you need to be really good about I mean it obviously like it's even decide but like you need to really like cut and dry at the beginning like do you want a relationship or not because I don't like want to yeah and it's it's so hard because it doesn't feel that way when you're connecting with somebody like it feels like I want to spend time with you I want to do this I like you but you just have to you know and, and I think that's like a theme that I run into a lot is like the more rational logical side and then the emotional side like the emotional yeah. side is telling you like your heart is telling you like I like this I want more of this yeah and then your brain has to be like no you're not looking for the same thing this is not gonna yeah. end well like just you know it's just male validation <laughs> yeah like it, it feels so good yeah but you have to do what's best for you yeah which is don't set yourself up to have your feelings hurt yeah you know and and if you're lucky, a lot of the time guys will be upfront with you about what they want and yeah. you can kind of avoid things before it ever gets too emotionally loaded. But yeah. you know, it's it's just tricky and I, I feel like that's an issue a lot of us deal with. Anyways, you yeah. went on a date. Yeah. I also have not had <laughs> a lot of experience with Ben, but that's also just because like You're young. I don't know. I had a boyfriend when I was in eighth grade, and I, like, we were together for, like, six months. That's more than I ever had. I liked my independence, and I felt like I didn't have that when I was in a relationship. Mm. So I didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. But also, like, we were in eighth grade. So, like... Was it, like, a healthy relationship? Because mm. I feel like he was very needy, I feel yeah. like. And he was very, like... I don't know, like, when I wouldn't, like, answer him right away, he would, like, get offended, or, like, when I would, like, tell him something upset me, he'd be like, oh, so you don't want to date me anymore. Oh, you hate me. Yeah. So he was very, like... Insecure. Insecure. Very insecure. Yeah, which is normal at that age. Yeah. But but then my 
town and my high school were also like really small. So like the the pool of men was not <laughs> very it didn't go very far. Because I'm <laughs> either they were taken or there was like history or mm-hmm. like you guys had mutual friends like yeah. 99% of the time yeah so like I didn't date in high school really besides my one boyfriend but he was he came in eighth grade from another school which is why I like started talking to him and like actually could pursue a relationship yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah and when I got to college um freshman year I got dating apps and I went on a date, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I thought it was fine, mm-hmm. but like nothing really happened after. Like we didn't keep in touch. Like I, cause I, I just wanted to be bold and do something the day before I left to go back home, mm-hmm. which is why I texted him. And then I was like, oh, like we should keep in touch and then we'll hang out when we, like I come back in the fall. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh yeah, and then we. I mean, yeah. he texted me, like, at various points, like, throughout that week, when it was mainly just school stuff, because we took the same cluster, mm-hmm. and after the class was over for winter quarter, we kind of just didn't talk, and then in the fall, I texted him, and I asked him to hang out, and then he said, yeah, and that he would text me when he got back on campus, and never did, so I was <laughs> like, okay, well, I guess that's going nowhere. Yeah. And I have gone on a couple of dates this year. Um, the first one I thought was fine. Like, the guy was, like, interesting. I felt like our vibes were kind of similar. Mm-hmm. But, and then, like, after the date, he literally just never texted me again. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I yeah. thought that it went good, but apparently he did not. Mm-hmm. And then the one that I just went on... It was our first time, like, actually meeting outside of, like, a party setting, mm-hmm. which obviously, like, personalities are much different in those <laughs> different kind of settings, and I just felt like our vibes did not match at all, like, yeah, which is, in, you know, in, like, a normal environment. In the grand scheme of things, like, three dates is, like, okay, you know, like, three people and it didn't work out and it's fine like you don't expect to find the love of your life yeah yeah in, like a couple tries like yeah you know you have your whole life in front of you yeah exactly but also I just I don't know I don't like the culture of dating apps either mm-hmm so, but but then it's like just, I kind of just want to meet someone like organically but how do you do that that's what I'm saying I yeah, I don't know. Like that, this whole concept. Like, am of I like, gonna be waiting around the rest of my life? Yeah, like it'll happen when it happens, or it'll happen when it when you least expect it. Like, yeah, I you know, I'm just. It feels like I'm not doing anything to work towards finding companionship or yeah. finding somebody I want to spend time. With. Like, I'm just living my normal life. And just, like, waiting for it to land in my lap. Like, yeah. that, that doesn't seem right. Like, yeah. if I want it, shouldn't I go look for it? But yeah. then dating apps, like, you know, I think it's pretty common to kind of leave people hanging. And, like, yeah. you know, maybe you talk for a bit and then, mm-hmm. you, and then you stop. Or yeah. you go on a date and then you stop. Because it's there's this idea of like there's more fish in the sea. And, like, yeah. if, you, if it's not, like, perfect with this person on the first try – there's always more people and so yeah. it's harder to like foster connections yeah 
because it, there's you know there's no skin in the game like like yeah why would I keep talking to this person if there's like something that's like rubbing me the wrong way it's like oh I'll just drop them and yeah. so you know there's this whole like kind of ghosting culture <laughs> on dating apps yeah and it's also really hard to even find anybody that you like I think because there are just so many people <laughs> like yeah I and filtering helps a little bit like I kind of know like okay I want somebody who goes to college and you can kind of filter but yeah I don't know I I have a bone to pick with like each dating app like I don't yeah there, there is no perfect maybe we should make a dating app we should like, we really should um okay my career crisis yes so two weeks ago I thought I was going into marketing mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I I don't know why I started thinking about law I think it was when I was getting sued. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Someone threatened to sue me. And then I, I took a law class in community college, and I didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. It was business law, which is, like, what I'm planning on going into now. Yeah. I mean, it was fine, but it, it wasn't, like, oh, like. Exciting. This feels right. Like, this yeah. is what I want to do. But it, it was, I think I was good at it. I got an A. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was fine. It wasn't bad. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think that's what kind of piqued my interest was, like, this person tried to sue me and or threatened to sue me. And then that's when I was kind of, like, indignant about it. And I was like, you can't sue me. Yeah. And that kind of got me a little bit interested. And I talked to an attorney about the whole situation. And he kind of reassured me that they didn't really have a case. case. (laughs) Yeah. And then... I don't really know. I think it's just a power trip because that text us. Like, yeah. Uh, mm. But apparently that's very normal yeah. for um, legal letters because you don't want to take it to court. So you send a strongly worded letter. Yeah. And, and it's it's normal. So I don't I don't know how I really made the jump from that <laughs> to like looking it's into it. Oh, I think it was because someone I know got into Columbia and Harvard Law, which oh. are like top, 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 top law schools. Mm-hmm. And so she sent a message saying, if anybody has any questions about the law application process, message me and I'd be happy to talk about it. And that just kind of like, it was kind of like in the back of my head, I'm taking a careers and anthropology course. We're talking about how to like develop your career, set up a LinkedIn profile, do informational interviews. Mm-hmm. So like talking to people about what they do and the career and how do I prepare for that career and everything. Yeah. And so I just kind of had it in the back of my head that I was like, I should talk to her about it. Yeah. And then I, you know, I was just thinking about it, thinking about it. And I was like, just do it. So I did it. She got back to me. We set up a call and I, I was really interested in it. Mm-hmm. But then I was planning on going into marketing I talked to my anthropology professor. I was getting, I really like one of the anthropology classes I'm taking right now, mm-hmm. psychological anthropology, and I'm getting really excited about that. And I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to graduate. Like, I don't want to stop studying this because I enjoy this. Yeah. And then I, you know, I always thought I was going to go into marketing, go into business, start my own business eventually. Always thought I, I might get an MBA. So I always thought maybe I would go to grad school. Yeah. And so now I'm like, do I want to go to grad school for anthro? Do I want to go to business school? Do I want to go to law school? Like, yeah. what am I going to do with my life? Um, so I'm, I've done a lot more research since then. I've talked to a lot more lawyers. I have mostly talked to, like, anthropology and law people right yeah. now. 
So I'm making an effort to reach out to more people in like business and marketing and market research, which is like the area of marketing that most people in anthropology would go into because it's more like qualitative and quantitative research skills that you develop in anthro. But I didn't take that route. I took like the social media marketing like yeah. management route. So I don't know what I want to do. I'm doing research. I'm kind of considering, I have this crazy idea that the business that I'm going to start is going to be a venture capital firm that will invest in entrepreneurs' companies and support like people from underrepresented communities, like marginalized communities. I just want to make sure that people get the opportunities they deserve. Mm -hmm. And especially people who like historically have not received those opportunities because they were trans or because they were gay or because Mm -hmm. they were a person of color or because they grew up in a low income neighborhood and didn't have access to the right resources. And now they're finally, you know, going to change the world and start this company. And I, I want to help them do that. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. like the idea that I have, this crazy idea that I'm going to like start a business to address social injustice, that I'm going to go to law and business school. I'm going to get a joint JD MBA, <laughs> get two degrees at once and work in venture capital, see what it's like, because I know it's a crazy industry. It's not quite as crazy as like hedge funds and private equity and investment banking. Like that's very crazy and very competitive and cutthroat and you work insane hours. Venture capital apparently is like a little bit toned down from that, but it is still like, yeah, business. So we're going to see. I think right now my plan is to apply to like marketing and legal assistant jobs yeah. and see how that goes. I still am kind of wondering, like, why do I want to go into law? Why do I need a law degree? I don't. <laughs> but apparently like a good chunk of people who get JD MBAs go into venture capital. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's like a path. And if you are going to start a business, it's good to have an idea of the law and like the legal implications that your business has and also like the finances of it kind of scare me a bit because I don't want to take out a ton of debt for like this crazy idea that I had when I was 22 and then someday I'm like 60 and still paying it off you know yeah like I don't want to drown in debt for the rest of my life because I had some stupid idea when I was young (laughs) like so what will I do with my life who will I be you'll figure it out where will I go we don't know we're going to do exciting things. But that's a, a week ago, none of this was happening. And now, now I'm like completely changing tracks. Um, not exactly. I'm still applying. I'm still applying to marketing jobs. But that was a thing that I kind of realized is like I'm talking to all these people about these potential fields that I might go into. And I don't know anything about yeah marketing, like the one that I was planning on doing all along I do work in marketing right now yeah but like you know who's to say that my experience now is going to be anything like what it's like to work in marketing full-time so yeah I still don't really know anything about it I think what you're doing is like more than people like normally do thank you like going like through like LinkedIn like finding people that do things that you're potentially interested in like Mm -hmm. talking to them like Mm -hmm. you're on like a good track so you need to be stressed Thank you. Like, everything is going to work out. You have, like, ambitions. Thank you. So, like, it's not going to come out to nothing. Like, you're going to be... 
things. Yeah. I think, you know, just because it's me, I think it's a lot easier with to look at other people and see all the positive qualities they have. But when it's you, like, you know your strengths, but you also know your weaknesses. Yeah. And so you're like, like, I, I am driven. I am ambitious. I have all these crazy ideas for things that I could do. But then I also know that I'm a little bit, like, I struggle with focus and I struggle yeah. with, like, finishing the things that I start so it's like you know I don't I don't want to get too (laughs) excited about this no it'll be okay thank you but yeah I highly recommend doing informational interviews and also I highly recommend taking advantage of all the resources you have at your disposal including your career center Mm -hmm. because going to UCLA we have a lot of really amazing resources at our disposal and you know, you, you it, it's kind of like normalized, like you, you kind of take it for granted a little bit, but you have a lot that you can do. Like even yeah. just our like resume thing, like I, VMOC, it like scans your resume and analyzes it and like tells you to change the wording and make oh. this better and change the formatting. And it's, it's really good. Um, and it's free. You get like 10 free tries if you go here. Um, there's a career guide that lit- it's 60 pages long right now. I work at the career center. So right now I'm currently doing a series of like breaking down this 60 page PDF into more like digestible posts on social media. So yeah, it's like a reel instead of this super long document. Um, but there's a lot of really good, really helpful information in there. That's, yeah. that's not being seen because it's in this super long document that no one's yeah. going to read. Um, but there's some really great information in there. The people that you know, like, even just, like, calling around to all the people that I know, everybody's been so willing to help me and spend time to encourage me and answer my questions. And I've learned so much from every single person that I've talked to. And I've talked to, like, five or six or seven different people now. And that's, like, all this information that I didn't have a week ago. Yeah. And it's, it's people that, like, it's my cousin that I've been related to my whole life. Mm-hmm. And only now am I, like, thinking to go ask him about what it's like to be a lawyer. Yeah. So just taking advantage of the resources that you have at your disposal. Yeah. And people are so willing to help if you just ask. Like, like just ask and just, you know, when the hand is reached out to you, take it. Yeah. <laughs> would be my advice because that's been super helpful in like helping me with my existential crisis yeah my stepdad always says a closed mouth doesn't get fed he's a smart man we love him he is. <laughs> he's very wise he's one of the wisest people i know honestly yeah um do you want to talk about your trip to indiana yeah so our sororities um vice president members member experience and I um I'm the vice president new member experience we went to um academy for collegiate officers in Indianapolis Indiana so it's from like the Friday at like six at night to and then like Saturday all day and then we left Sunday morning so it's just like a weekend thing and there was like keynote speakers and like breakout sessions and like stuff like that so it was a lot uh, good, like, information, so, like, the first keynote speaker was kind of just talking about how, like, she, like, her journey to becoming, like, a leader, just, like, how her life, like, impacted what 
like career path she wanted to pursue and like mm-hmm. um being in a sorority and like how that affected it like um she's talking about how she was a mom at 15 and how like everyone like she went from being like super admired in like school because she was like good at everything to being like looked down upon because she had a child mm-hmm. like as product of like uh sexual assault Oh. Yeah, and just talking about how, like, her adverse, like, experiences, like, how she took them and was just kind of just, like, resilient and, like, used it just to, like, push her further and how, like, her sorority sisters, like, took her in and kind of, like, embraced her for who she was and, yeah, so it was really good. And the second day, it was just talking to, um, like, um, so I talked to VP Newman's of other chapters and we went through like all the eight core modules talked about like what we did or like our plan on doing for programming like different sisterhood ideas just like talking about how like our positions are different within different chapters so it was really cool i met a lot of new friends but yeah it's actually really cool experience it was a lot of fun i met a lot of fun people and hopefully we want to do more events with other AGD chapters like we met the president and the VP new mem of Chapman and they're like really sweet mm-hmm. so we want to potentially do something with them mm-hmm. and yeah fun. It was a lot of fun okay um I listened to the call her daddy episode with Emma Chamberlain mm-hmm. and I know call her daddy is like a little bit controversial yeah um in like the feminist space I listened to, like, a couple episodes, but fun fact, I'm a little bit of a prude. <laughs> so, just some of this stuff, like, it, honestly, it was really the fact that she said fuck so much that, like, really turned me off. Yeah. Where I was like, this is just a bit gratuitous. Like, I don't, it's not really adding anything Yeah. that you're saying fuck so much. And then I just kind of didn't really listen to it. Like, I think... I believe in sex positivity. Like, I, I think it's so important to have open conversations about sex, um, mm-hmm. to be realistic about the fact that just because you don't talk about sex or there's a taboo about sex, like, people are still having it. Yeah. <laughs> and if people are having it, they should do so in a safe, responsible manner, and they should have access to all the information that they need about their bodies yeah. and, you know, what can happen if you aren't responsible it can have some very serious consequences for your life and your health so I believe in sex positivity I you know I don't think that other people's sex lives are any of my business I don't think I should have any say on how much sex other people are having or how many people they sleep with is none of my business I don't I don't get to judge them for that um, so I believe in that sort of message around Call Your Daddy, that it's it's openly talking about sex and it's normalizing having sex for yeah. young women. But I know that there is this kind of idea of, like, internalized misogyny yeah. within Call Her Daddy and that they I, – I don't, I don't know because I don't listen to it. But now I, I, I believe my understanding is that this was kind of – a past thing and that now it's kind of turning more into like just interviewing high profile people on the internet yeah like she had julia fox on she had emma chamberlain on she had a couple other people on so 
I don't know. I enjoyed this episode with Emma Chamberlain. Like, I, I don't, I'm not endorsing Alex Cooper. I'm not yeah. endorsing Call Her Daddy. But I, I really enjoyed this one episode. Yeah. Um, so, they were talking about Emma's life as a YouTuber. And Emma was saying that, you know, obviously she blew up on the internet. And she started YouTube when she was 16. And since then, she's 20 now. So, like, for four years, she's just been grinding, grinding, grinding. Yeah. Pumping out a video pretty much every week for four years. And pushing herself really, really hard because she had this idea of, like, you know, this doesn't happen to everybody. If I miss a week, if I don't post a video this week, they're going to forget about me and I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, be successful anymore. And, you know, at a young age, like 16, 17, like you're still figuring your life out. And, yeah. and she graduated high school early. I think she always frames it as dropping out, but she completed her college credits. Like she talks about it in this podcast saying, that she was basically done with high school. <laughs> like, um, everything that she was taking after that was, like, APs and stuff if she wanted to go to college. But she was done with, like, the normal high school stuff. But yeah. she, she always says that she drops out because, you know, that's, like, the funnier way to frame it or, it's, yeah. it's, you know. But she she graduated high school early and she started working full-time at 16 and moved out on her own yeah. to L.A. and was just working herself to the bone at such a young age and it's you know it's had an effect on her yeah um and she said like she's just now kind of taking a step back and like realizing what this has done to her and her view of herself and you know she hasn't had room to experiment create creatively because she's just been working 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 like yeah. and and people you know, expect her to post every week. And, and if you're just constantly grinding out another video, you don't have time to like pause and think about like, what do I want to do with my channel? What do I want to do with my content? What do I want to do with my life? Yeah. Like how, how can I take this in a new direction? How can I experiment, try out new ideas? You don't have room for that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what she was talking about. And also like the fact that everything she does is content. And so yeah you're just like constantly all the time she doesn't get to have a good normal life yeah you don't get to have a normal life you don't get a break like yeah. you're always thinking about your career you're always thinking you're always about on youtube yeah. you're always thinking about content if you're on vacation you're like taking pictures of it you're vlogging it you're posting on instagram um and obviously for a lot of people there's this rhetoric of like boohoo like you get paid so much money to go on nice vacations and make videos online like that must be so hard for you and she yeah. says that to herself like like she she knows that and that's why she's worked so hard is because you know she's like this is your shot you have this job that's very easy like that's what yeah she called it um but it, it is difficult like like obviously everything has its pros and cons and like yes it must be nice to make videos for a living but you're always on the clock yeah and and you're a public figure and people are watching everything that you do she says like one of her worst fears is something being misrepresented that will like harm her character or like yeah. like a rumor or you know something that's canceled 
Yeah, and it, and yeah. it's and it's like something like she, I think the example she gave was that she like punched an old lady in the street, and everyone's just like Emma Chamberlain punches old ladies. Yeah, and she can't come out and deny every single thing because there are millions of things yeah. being said about her all the time. She can't address all of them, but you know everything she's doing is being watched. Yeah, and I I don't know. Like I just thought that was really interesting as somebody who is kind of looked up to people on the internet I grew yeah. up watching YouTube you did too yeah um well I grew like it's weird to think like I grew up watching Emma Chamberlain but we were like the same age she's 20 like, we're yeah pretty so much she's the same a year age. older than you yeah 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 we're, like almost the same age and I like grew up with her mm-hmm. but like I had a normal life she did it mm-hmm. and it was just like yeah you know it's weird to think about yeah. Yeah, like you said, I grew up watching a lot of YouTube. Mm-hmm. I I've had a Facebook since I was in fifth grade. Like mm-hmm. I've always been present on social media, like mm-hmm. always like learning about the internet, like mm-hmm. um just like I don't know, like finding new things and like a lot of like my like not idols, but like mm-hmm. people that I like looked up to, like I've found like from the internet, like mm-hmm. Uh, like, I've always been, like, super into, like, cosmetology and, like, doing makeup and stuff, so I've been watching, yeah. like, Jeffree Star and, like, Nikki Tutorials and yeah. all these people since I was in, like, fifth grade, mm-hmm. and, like, now most of them are, like, problematic, and it's, like, well, like, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, no, it doesn't take much to really, like, <laughs> put, like, a, how would you phrase it? I don't to know. cancel somebody? Yeah, because can- cancel culture is very prevalent, like, especially now. Yeah, like, like, yeah, I think, so, in terms of cancel culture, I think it's a problem. Yeah. Um, But it also kind of isn't, because there are a lot of people who get canceled and then they come back. Yeah. So, you know, and, and obviously a lot of these things, like, in the court of public opinion, yeah, there isn't a very high standard for evidence. Like, yeah, it's, it's exactly. not. It's not like court. And if these people had actually committed crimes, like, shouldn't somebody be like investigating yeah. them? Yeah. And if they're not being investigated, then how can you know for sure that like they actually did it? And even in today's world, like, you need like proof in yeah. order to like do something to anyone. Because like yeah. Tony Lopez still on tiktok still has millions of followers yeah Zoe that's the Laverne, thing if, if still on tiktok come back still has millions of followers yeah like anime yeah. still on tiktok still has millions of followers like yeah and and that i think that case is like actually going to yeah yeah like like there's a legal but like she still has a platform around. yeah but that's the thing is people get canceled but they they don't because they, yeah. they come back and obviously like the really bad people like harvey weinstein and yeah like, the really bad people go away. Yeah. But I don't know. There's there's not a really high burden of proof. Mm-mm. And also it's like like if there's even a rumor about you, it's it's just like you're guilty. Like there's, there's been yeah. No, I think TikTok is the worst. Yeah. But even like like anywhere. Yeah. And we support victims. Like mm-hmm. that is not the issue. The yeah. issue is that it's so hard to know when it's like when it's truthful or not. When it's rumors and it's just yeah. people talking about it online and there's no like cold hard evidence. Mm-hmm. Like, like with the C anime case, there was cold hard evidence. There's cold hard evidence. Like there's but, a like with video, a lot of there's witnesses. But with a bunch of like big 
TikTokers, like, with a bunch of, like, YouTubers, like... Yeah. Like, Shane Dawson, like, videos of him from, like, seven years ago. Yeah. Like, resurfaced. I mean, he did make, like, some pretty recent... No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, like, it was valid, like, um, valid, like, concerns. Yeah. But, like, all it takes is for someone to find something... And you just get canceled. Like, like Baby Ariel, they found, like, yeah. a, like, a musically she did, like, four or five years ago. Yeah. And people were like, you need to be held accountable for this now. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it depends. And obviously, I think there's just, like, a disconnect between having good intent to protect people who might be offended or protect people who are being victimized. Yeah. And, and there's a disconnect between that and then, like, what actually happens, which is that mm-hmm. people get death threats and... yeah people are canceled when they maybe don't deserve to be and and there's like there's a lot that happens that doesn't deserve to happen yeah obviously something deserves to happen like people deserve to be held accountable like people need justice for what happens but there's there's just this disconnect between you know maybe what should happen and what actually happens it's the pros and cons of having the internet at all yeah (laughs) like Because, like, I know, like, during, like, the election process, there was, like, a TikTok account called, like, Gen Z for Change, like, trying to, like, educate people on politics and, like, yeah, try and, like, not even trying to sway people a certain way, but just, like, educate them on, like, yeah, everything they need to know before, like, because for for me, it was my first election voting. Yeah. For a lot of people, it was their first election voting. Yeah. And, like, that really helped me, like, throughout, like, the election process and, like, little things like that, like, the internet is, like, super useful for. Mm-hmm. Like, the things that you're talking about, like, cancel culture, like. Yeah. And especially, I know, I watched a video of Cody Ko, like, reacting to, like, family channels mm-hmm. and how, like, these little kids, like, every single part of their life is just in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And, like. And they're, they're, they're too young. They're like, never going to have a normal life. They're just born into it. Like, they don't exactly. consent. And that. the same thing with, like, the Emma Chamberlain. Not the same thing, but, like, the same yeah. premise with, like, the Emma Chamberlain thing. She never had, like, a normal, yeah. like, yeah. transition into adulthood. Yeah. Like, she's always, like, been, like, working, working, working since she was 16. And, like, yeah. we got to live out our teenage years. At least I did. Like, mm-hmm. I got to go to school dances. Like, mm-hmm. I was a normal high school student mm-hmm. and then came to college and then was, like, yeah. did more of, like, yeah. social media and stuff like that. But, like, my life wasn't revolved around the internet. Yeah. And I, I think it's really interesting for me as somebody who, like, always wanted to start a YouTube channel. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've always felt compelled to, like, share and create content and mm-hmm. we made this podcast. And yeah, I, I like doing that, but mm-hmm. it's, it's really to interesting. To a certain extent. Yeah, it's really interesting to see the other side of the coin. Yeah. Like, once you get really big and you find success, which is, like, this good thing. Yeah. How that can have other repercussions for your yeah. life. Now, I've talked about this with my mom, too, because, like, I've always been like that, too. Like, in fifth grade, like, mm-hmm. I would make videos on my iPad and upload them to YouTube. Like, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to, like, be on The Voice or, like, go to X, like, <laughs> X Factor. Like, yeah. like, be, like, in the spotlight, which is mm-hmm. part of the Leo in me. But, like, <laughs> wanting to be, like, famous. Yeah. And then my, even, like, when I was in, like, seventh what grade. <laughs> I don't know. Is she rearranging or something? I don't know. I don't know. But she's, like, there's other stuff you got to think about. Yeah. A lot of Hollywood stars and, like, people who are in the light constantly are really depressed and, like, would do anything to, like, change their life. Mm-hmm. Like, not be in the spotlight 
24 7. Mm-hmm. Like, I know Kim Kardashian. Like, my mom is obsessed with keeping up with Kardashian. <laughs> Kim Kardashian's always, like, the one thing that I miss doing is just going to the grocery store mm-hmm. and not being recognized. Like, normal people things. Mm-hmm. And, like, I used to read, like, People Magazine, and they're like, oh, celebrities are just like us. And, like, mm-hmm. paparazzi photos of them doing normal things. Like, yeah. 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 I don't know. Like, I... I really, really believe in this concept of, like, open communication and talking Mm -hmm. about sort of taboo or, like, stigmatized subjects openly. Yeah. Because everybody goes through these things. Like, everybody has sex. And, like, those – that's not a super, you know, open subject that people can just talk about with their parents or talk about with, like – even their partners, like, the people they're having sex with, sometimes it's really hard to talk about openly. Yeah. And, obviously, there's not enough sex education, like, things like that. And, and but everybody does it. hmm And, like, you know, and I am taking psychological anthropology, like mm-hmm. I was saying, I'm really interested in it, I'm really interested in trauma. And this concept we're talking about is, you know, the fact that if, something happens and you don't talk about it like it doesn't just go away yeah exactly it's still there and and the the concept of like psychoanalysis and freud and how like the way to process trauma and process things that are bothering you is to talk Talk about about it yeah because if you don't talk about it it's still there like you're still struggling with it and you you don't have a way to process it which is why I think I'm super interested in like therapy too is because like I had I mean like my mom always like did her best to give us like everything like we always needed and like tried to give us like everything we always wanted but like yeah uh, like everyone like struggles like I had like adverse childhood experiences like Mm -hmm. it's I'm not gonna say it's normal but like it happens it's very common yeah but like one like I think a reason that there's so much like what's the word I'm looking for like unresolved like stuff that I'm still like dealing with Mm -hmm. is because like my dad doesn't like to talk about stuff and like it was it's never not fixed. normal in your family. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, because like it's not normal to express your feelings. Yeah. But it's the same thing with my brother. Like he Yeah. And I, I think he doesn't like to talk men. about anything that's any person like yeah. any, in any way personal at all. Yeah. Like he doesn't like to talk about relationships. He doesn't like to talk about how he's feeling. Like But it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> it's still there. You're just not processing it and and that comes out in other ways which is why my mom like my mom and I have talked about this too like it builds up and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you just like snap mm-hmm. and, like yeah and I'll just be like crying and I'm almost like what's wrong and I'm like I don't fucking know like yeah. I feel like this like <laughs> yeah um yeah like we're talking about that I mean, I mean this is an extreme example but we're reading a book about heroin addiction and oh like, you were telling me about that yeah so like like you know again an extreme example but there are a lot of different coping mechanisms People use drugs, people use alcohol, people also use, like, food, Yeah, spending money. I know those are things I struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, sex, I, for some reason, cannot stop talking about sex. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it comes out in other ways, and it still informs your behavior, and you yeah. use these coping mechanisms, and maybe it's not the healthiest because you're not openly processing everything that you're going through like life is difficult yeah why make it even more difficult by not 
talking about the exactly. things and finding support and you finding don't even community need to have like psychological problems yeah to just want... talk to your friends yeah <laughs> like you don't have to talk to a psychologist like no because there's a lot of stigma against like therapy too yeah like oh like having to seek help about my problems like makes me weak mm-hmm. but like everyone can benefit from talking about stuff that's bothering them mm-hmm. like whether or not they're like mentally ill or like have to go to the psychologist like mm-hmm. i just think it's so important um to share and you know i'm an anthro major i think it's so important to share these aspects of the human experience because we all feel the same things we all feel yeah. angry happy upset overwhelmed stressed um excited like we all feel all of that like we all do things we're not supposed to do we all spend too much money we yeah. all do things we're proud of we all get hurt or disappointed like we all do these things and it's just so much harder to go through life being isolated and yeah. and not being able to find support and find people who like have also been through that before like it's just so much harder yeah like like why not talk about like yeah and and it's it sounds really easy but it's actually it's it's not like it's really difficult to find people and I think among men especially I think there's this societal you know expectation that men are like stoic and they're tough and like they don't feel anything yeah. yeah and they they don't they aren't in touch with their feelings and if they are in touch with their feelings they're, they're weak or they're, they're more feminine or yeah. they're gay or you know and and it's it's bullshit like, yeah like, it's stupid um I just you know everybody should feel free to be who they are and everybody should have access to the information that they need yeah to live their lives responsibly um everybody should be able to connect with each other and talk about these things um like money people don't talk about money sometimes and that can put a lot of stress on you yeah and and if you just don't talk about it it's like and it's you know stressing you out and and you and you just feel like I know what that feels like it's not a good feeling no (laughs) so anyways that's just my whole thing it's just like talk about everything share about everything but then also if you're doing it on the internet like people hear what you're saying and they stalk you. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if you know, I you can have good intentions and you can like, you know, link to your Instagram from your podcast or whatever. But then people will like use that and and use all the information that you're sharing and being open about and being vulnerable about in like a negative way. Like I had somebody. <laughs> maybe I'm just like cynical, but I had somebody like go on my LinkedIn and call my job once really yeah because he was like I I worked with him and he was like trying to get my schedule and I was like why are you calling my job for my schedule like talk to me if you need my like like and it's it's my LinkedIn profile I have it so that employers can find me and people can look at my experiences but people will use the information that you put out there yeah and they will take advantage of it and they will be really creepy and weird about it and, like, that's kind of what freaks me out about yeah. the internet is I, I feel this urge to share and I feel so strongly about finding community and the internet is a really powerful tool to do that. Yeah. 
but I also am just like really scared of the really creepy people out there. Yeah. Um, not even that they would like do anything super bad, but there's also just like, do you know what Guru Gossiper is? Mm-mm. It's like a gossip blog about YouTubers and so or or like influencers. And so people who put, you know, their life and career is putting information about themselves on the internet, people will like talk about them and criticize their decisions on these blogs so that's just like and and it's you know it's it's very negative and it if the people like see what they're writing about them like you go and find like you google yourself and you find this page where everyone's like she's a shit mom like yes you know like it makes you feel really bad about yourself and there's a lot of like hate and trolling on the internet too yeah so I don't know I feel like I saw this tiktok and I can't remember what the guy's name was but it was this idea that there's like this perfect level of famous where it's like you're successful and people listen to you people want to hear what you have to say but you're not so you're not kim kardashian famous where you're getting you know photographed going to the grocery store and you don't have any privacy yeah like it's just this nice little level of famous and i feel like i wouldn't mind that because i could say what i want to say and people want to listen and I'm, you know, affecting positive change and making a difference in the world and spreading my values yeah. without having too many, like, negative effects of that. How do you control that, though? You don't. Really. <laughs> you don't. Because, you know, Emma Chamberlain, I think she just went from, like, zero to 100. Like, she she never had a chance to stop at 50 and just be at that nice level. Like, she just instantly shot to, like... success and and you know if you're trying to make a career of it like you can't stop yeah you can't be like oh okay I think I'm done now like I'm just gonna post once a month now and I'll lose all my opportunities that I'm getting like especially if if you've like you know left high school and like moved away from everyone that you know so that you can pursue this career like you don't give it up like yeah you can't control it is the thing. Yeah. And like obviously she's successful. I'm not saying that it's like a bad thing to be successful, but there's there's positive and negative aspects of everything and I yeah. feel like especially because I'm kind of a private person, that's something that really concerns me. Yeah. And like I want to put my all into the content that I'm making. Like I I like doing YouTube. I want to like put my all into it I like doing the podcast I want to like put as much effort into this as I can yeah but I just like there's this part of me that's like super hesitant like I I I haven't even like linked to our social media or anything because I'm like what if people like take advantage of that you know like what if they like use your name and your Instagram and like go like stalk you and like find your family or something and like call your job like like I don't know like I People are weird. Yeah. That Okay, I think that's the thing I don't like about the internet is I wish you could limit it to, like, just college girls who want to hear what we have to say and no creepy old men. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wish you could just limit the audience Yeah. of who's hearing what you're saying and so only people with, like, good intentions could find it. And there's not, no way to do that. There's, like, no. Like, it's either private or it's public. <gasps> yeah. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah. And once it's public, you don't really have any say over what happens to it from there. Yeah. Um, that's just the nature of the internet. Like, it just, yeah, it just kind of freaks me out. Like, 
and, and we grew up with it. Like we've had years to kind of understand it and figure it out and ne- negotiate how we interact with it. Yeah, because it's always kind of been like that. Like even like yeah, and it's still yeah. Like in like middle school, like going on Omegle, going mm-hmm. on Kick, like mm-hmm. all these weird like apps that we definitely shouldn't have been on. Yeah, and just like forty year old groomers. Yeah, being, like like yeah. texting you, like no, absolutely not. Or like going on Omegle, and there's just like guys like jerking off just randomly. Yeah, like just being exposed to weird shit like that so young. It's just like, well, that's the internet. That's the internet, <laughs> and like. You know, our parents worked growing up, so, like, yeah. it, you know, it's not, you, I feel like the knee-jerk reaction is to be like, well, where were your parents? It's like, they were working. Like, they, yeah. couldn't, they couldn't watch us all the time. They have their own lives. Like, yeah. it's just, it's the internet. Like, yeah. and, and you know, some parents kind of go the opposite route, where they're, like, helicopter parents and, like, 360 parents, where, like, they watch everything you do and they reserve the right to go through your texts at any moment. And so like, that's not right either. Yeah. Like how are your kids supposed to learn how to navigate the world on their own? If you never give them an inch to like figure things out for themselves, you know? Yeah. So it's just difficult. Like, I don't know. How, how do you move around the internet safely without, you can't, can't. like, I I don't remember who was, like, talking about it, but, like, the internet that we have is only, like, the tip of the iceberg of the internet. Oh, yeah, there's the dark web. Yeah, (laughs) and, like, shit like that. Where you buy drugs and can buy people. Yeah, like... I I wouldn't know the I think first Shane Dawson thing. did a video on it. Probably. Mm. I used to watch a lot of Shane Dawson, if you can't tell. I used to, Literally, too. I, from, like, probably seventh grade, up until, like, probably, like, a year or two ago. I think I started in, like, 2011. Like, I found him pretty early on, and that's why I remember some of his really problematic content. The one video that will be forever ingrained in my brain is him doing the cup song in his Spongebob pajama pants in his bathroom. I did not see that Which I think was in, like, 2013. No, I, I remember... Shanene, which was his really oh, racist, yeah. racist character. I remember all those like yeah. skits too. And I remember he had a book and he had like a movie. I have um, it gets worse. The book I read it and I was gonna do part of it as like my speech in tenth grade. <laughs> I remember he was dating Lisa and then yes. they broke up and he came out as bi. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of stopped following him somewhere around there. And then I. Started following him again when he started doing those, like, docu-series about... Yeah, that top video. <laughs> um, Eight years ago. About um, Tana Mojo was the first one, I think. Um, and yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, his docu-series. Yeah. yeah. And then he did Jake Paul. And then he did Jeffree Star. Yeah. And then after that, I, I think is when everything, like, resurfaced. Yeah, I didn't... Because yeah. he disappeared for, like, a year. Yeah. Literally, like, a year. Yeah. Until he came back. Yeah, and now, now he's, he's, like, serious. he's, like, trying to come back now. Yeah. I mean, he's had a, a difficult life. Yeah, he but has. But that doesn't justify no. doing that. And things. I mean, I don't know. It's hard because, like, yeah, you can try and cancel people as much as you want, like, saying, like, oh... If they were like this at some point, they probably will always have those qualities. But, like, mm-hmm. you also need to allow people room to grow. 
Mm-hmm. And, like, you can only apologize so much. Well, which I'm not, like, justifying his behavior at all. He was accused of pedophilia, right? Yeah. Because um, I know he had the cat thing. Yeah. But I think the, the big No, thing... it was videos of, like, it was earlier videos of him talking about um, pedophilia. Like his cousin, like, his younger cousin. Yeah. Um, people have a really strong emotional reaction to pedophilia. Yeah. Which I think is right. Yeah. Because children are so young and vulnerable and innocent and like yeah. we have to but protect it's also, them it's also hard to know what his intentions were especially over the internet like you know was it just a dumb joke yeah or, or which was with, actually... with him i think it probably was yeah because that's what a lot of his content is is yeah. just dumb shit that he's like yeah because he talked about it before he's like a lot of the stuff i used to like, a lot of the videos I used to do when I was younger was for shock factor. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the stuff that he said, like, a, like he regretted, like, looking back on it now. But also, like, also, I don't know. It's hard to know how far you can go, like, excusing things. Yeah. And that's also a sensitive topic. Like, you, yeah. I, I don't know. There, That's a whole conversation about comedy and what are you allowed to joke about and what argue and I know comedians are yeah pretty strongly in favor of being able to joke about anything yeah because even like John Mulaney or like other like Kevin Hart like yeah other people that do stand-up comedy it's like hard to know like what's because some people I even talked about this like um, in speech like because I did humorous interpretation yeah and my coach is always like some people are gonna think that you're funny as fuck yeah. Some people are going to think that you're stupid. Yeah. And are not going to like what you're putting out there. Yeah. Like, everyone has different levels of humor. Everyone has different levels of sensitivity. Yeah. It's hard to gauge. And you're not going to be able to please everybody. No. Like, never. But, yeah. Like, when you when you get to really sensitive subjects, that's when you have to tread carefully. And, I like, I just don't think child molestation or pedophilia is, like a good thing to I don't know I think you should be able to joke about things but at the same time it's you know like just that's just yeah. such a difficult topic and like yeah. a, a traumatic also topic. the only person that's ever gonna know his exact intentions or his exact feelings is mm-hmm. him like mm-hmm. and like us like random people that he's never gonna know exist like mm-hmm. we're not gonna dictate his whole life and there's also, like, a difference between intent and impact. Yeah, exactly. So even if I didn't mean to say something It doesn't mean bad, that it didn't come off that way. Yeah, if it offended you, if it hurt you, that's still... Like, if you hurt someone, you don't have the... Like, you don't get to say that it did it. Yeah, like, you don't get to just say, like, oh, well, I didn't mean to. Yeah, and then just so be done with it. Like, when that guy called my job, like, I don't think he meant to freak me out. But he did. But he did, and I was, you know, I was trying to explain to him that, like, it felt kind of weird to have somebody use my private Yeah, I would be freaked out if someone called my job. Yeah. Like that. Like, and asked for my schedule. Yeah. Like, like it, that's an invasion of privacy. That's really creepy. Like, that made me feel really uncomfortable. That made me feel violated. Yeah. And he just, he was like, well, I didn't mean to. Like, it like, doesn't matter. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it still had that effect on me. Yeah. And if you were responsible, you would say, like, oh, I'm really I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to do that. Not, like, trying to take the, yeah, like, the blame off you. Yeah, like, not, like, oh, it's not yeah. my fault that you're freaked out. Yeah, like not that. being just, like, dismissive and, like, yeah. oh, I didn't do that. Like, yeah. 
yeah. Um, another subject that I wanted to talk about that Emma kind of talked about on the Call Your Daddy podcast is, like, being a late bloomer and, like, sexuality. Yeah. Um, I think it sounds like Emma has always been kind of, like, tame, like, kind of, kind of like me, where, yeah. um, I think she... I don't know when she had her first kiss. I don't think she talked about it, but she said she lost her virginity at 17 on the podcast, which is, like, pretty relatively young. Yeah, like, she, I don't think she was a late bloomer, but yeah, she said she struggled with um, feeling like her body wasn't very feminine, like, not really having big boobs and not feeling like guys were attracted to her. Mm-hmm. And, like, on the inside, she was, like, ready and she was interested in guys, but guys weren't interested in her. Yeah. Um. And I thought that was a really interesting topic that I wanted to talk about, just, like, sexuality in general. Yeah. Because that was something I struggled with a lot mm-hmm. as well. And I think, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about, I think maybe I struggled with it because my dad didn't talk openly about anything yeah. like that with me. He wouldn't talk to me about periods. He wouldn't talk to me about sex. He wouldn't talk to me about guys. He wouldn't talk to me about, like, emotional stuff. Yeah. Um, Which is also comes back to, like, the guy stigma yeah. thing, because my dad's like that, too. Yeah. Like, even when I was younger, he'd be like, because my sister has cerebral palsy, so she needs help, like, yeah. Like, well, when she was younger, she needed help, like, going to the bathroom and doing, like, everyday functional things. Mm-hmm. And my sister was, like, eight at the time, and he's like, oh, you need to go help your sister. Like, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, just being uncomfortable with normal things. Like, I feel like, yeah, with, like... Like, it's normal. Things, it's a normal thing. Let's talk about it, because yeah. it's normal. And but it shouldn't be. I needed support. I lived with just my dad in high school. Yeah. When I was going through all this stuff. Um, I am able to talk to my mom more about these kinds of things, but she was yeah. 3,000 miles away in California. I went to high school in Sweden. So, I lived with my dad when I was 13 to 14 in eighth grade, and then 15, 16, 17, 18. Like, like, 8th grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade mm-hmm. was when I lived with my dad. So, these were years when I was an adolescent. I was going through a lot. I needed support, and I didn't yeah. get it. Yeah. We didn't talk about it. That doesn't mean it wasn't happening. <laughs> it was still happening, but yeah. we weren't talking about it. So, I think I struggled with my sexuality. Um, I I had crushes, but I, I didn't ever really, like, want to pursue anything. I never wanted to, like, have sex with guys. Like, I, I maybe wanted to kiss them or something in high school, but yeah. that was, like, about all I was ready for yeah. in high school. Um, And guys weren't <laughs> interested in me, and, I, you know, I was kind of hearing things about things other people were doing other people were like dating other people were kissing and making out and hooking up and having sex and I like to me it it was like it was kind of like unattainable like it was this thing that other people were doing but I had no way of figuring out how to do that for myself yeah (laughs) and I, I still kind of feel that way sometimes like going to parties and I'm like I maybe want to like make out with somebody and I'm like, how like how do I do that? Like I don't I don't yeah. how do I do that? Like I literally ask people because I'm like I have no idea how to go about doing this thing that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of how I felt with my sexuality. Um, in high school, I didn't ever end up <laughs> dating anybody in high school. But like while this was all happening, like I again, the most I was ready for it was like kissing maybe. So I w- I was still like not very developed 
in terms of my sexuality, but yeah. my body was developing. Um, so I was growing boobs, I was growing a butt, I was growing hips, and people were looking at me and seeing a woman, like, seeing this very, like, sexualized body and putting this, you know, sexualization, objectification on me and on my body, but I didn't feel that way on the inside, and, like, that's this kind of mismatch that Emma was talking about in the podcast, like, for her, it's the other way around, like, on the inside, she's ready, on the outside, she didn't look like it, but yeah. I feel like that's a common thing in puberty. Like, it's just interesting to kind of, you know, like, like yeah. you're just, you're just figuring it out and figuring out how to navigate your sexuality and people look at you a certain way and you don't feel that way on the inside. And like, yeah. how do you go about like interacting with the opposite sex or maybe the same sex if that's what you're attracted to? Like, how do yeah. you, how do you pursue romantic relationships? Like, you know. No, I get that. I... I mean, I kind of was a little bit of a mixture of both. Yeah. Like, I was also a late bloomer. Like, I didn't start my period till I was, like, 16, 17, which I feel is, like, really late. But I also have, like, um, not reproductive issues, but, like, issues hormonal. that, like, hormonal, like, issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, my body was, like, underdeveloped. And, like, I was still, like, kind of ready for, like, these things but like yeah just like guys didn't see me that way exactly. and especially like being yeah. like um like shorter I feel like I've always looked younger than my age so like I don't know felt so like that kind of has like made me like mm-hmm. not unattractive but like not on the same level as everyone else yeah did so you I feel like I've always like looked younger did you feel like if you wanted to like you knew how to like talk to a guy uh, I don't know. I feel like I've always kind of just been, like, like, I could just go up and talk to someone. Like, mm-hmm. I've always kind of just been good at, like, being, like, social. So why didn't you? You just didn't, weren't attracted to anybody? No. Yeah. Also, in my high school, like, I would talk to, like, my classmates, like, here and there. But, like, like I said, because my school was so small, like, everyone was connected with everyone. And I didn't really mm-hmm. want anything with any of the guys that were in my grade. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've always been like able to talk to guys but never wanted to pursue anything like yeah like the most I was ready for was kissing like you yeah. said yeah but not with anyone that I had ever like um been exposed to mm-hmm. like throughout high school so I had never had like experience yeah with that like really at all yeah so it's kind of just like coming to college and like being like okay I guess we're doing this now yeah so kind of just like I think I maybe felt that way when I was younger, and then I had crushes, like, I had big, fat crushes in high yeah. school, and I did not know how to, like, like, I would talk to them in, like, a friend way. Yeah. But I, like, I just got really, I was also going through a lot at the time, and I was, like, dealing with, like, social anxiety and stuff, and I got really, really anxious about the idea of ever, like, yeah. talking to them and telling them that I liked them. Um, so, yeah, like, my whole kind of trajectory with my sexuality, so, I had my first kiss when I was 19, when I had my first boyfriend, um, and, you know, I was a a little bit older by then, and, okay, the whole reason I want to talk about this is just to kind of normalize and contextualize this idea of, like, not doing these things in high school, because, I know, have you seen, like, those TikToks where it's, like, um, like, it, like, goes down the list of, like, oh, when did you get your 
ears pierced for the first time? When did you drink for the first time? When did you get your first boyfriend? When did you have sex for the first time? Yeah. And people will just, like, list the ages. Yeah. And some people were like, oh, like, 19, 20, 21, 19. And everyone's like, oh, this makes me feel really normal. Yeah, because there's, and and especially in high school, there's this pressure Mm -hmm. to, like, you know, everyone's talking about it. Like, that person hooked up with that person, that person had sex with that person. And you're like, they're doing it. Like, I, I'm not doing it. And, and it's like year after year after year, like I would have anxiety around my birthday. Like, I'd be like, I'm going to be 16. I still haven't kissed somebody. I'm going to be 17. I still haven't kissed somebody. Yeah. I'm going to be 18. Like every year I would feel this pressure. And it wasn't like anybody was like explicitly telling me like you're lame because yeah. you haven't had sex yet yeah but it was it's this pressure like year after year after year like more and more people around you start to date start to kiss someone start to have sex and it's it's this you just want to fit in like you want to yeah. fit in with people and you don't want to do something that doesn't feel right for you you don't want to yeah. do something you're not ready for yeah. but at the same time there's like this immense pressure yeah. to conform and to fit in and you just feel so out of place yeah which is why I also feel like my first kiss wasn't the best experience <laughs> which like is okay which I feel like was like a mixture of like oh like I don't know if I was ready and I kind of just wanted to get it over with mm-hmm. or like I don't know maybe I just like maybe it was the wrong person wrong time like, yeah I don't know and it's very easy to fall into that like you're not a bad person if you succumb to that pressure yeah um like it's so it's so normal (laughs) to want to just get it over with like I didn't have a good time when I lost my virginity Mm -hmm. or okay the sex was fine but the the circumstances of it yeah now when I look back on it I'm like that's kind of problematic like yeah (laughs) like probably should not have gone down that way yeah um but it's it's normal and you have to you know have compassion toward yourself and allow yourself to make mistakes and allow yourself to be human yeah because it's it's a human thing it's a normal thing to just want to fit in and want to you know just get it over with or do the thing that everyone else is like like that's a very normal feeling yeah and it's okay to do that you're not a bad person you're not dirty or like whatever possible ideas you could have in your head um, I think I felt like I kind of let myself down a little bit and I like didn't really trust myself to make good decisions Yeah, for me um, after that happened because, uh, and also I think I kind of have like an underlying issue with that anyways. Yeah. So that was just like another instance where I was like, I can't trust myself. Like I don't, I don't make good decisions. Um, so it kind of made me feel that way for a little bit, but yeah. Um, yeah, like that's that's the whole point of talking about this is that it's so normal and okay to not have sex at a young age. Yeah. <laughs> and to not do the things that everybody else is doing. And it's okay to not want to do that. Um, because I know I struggled with that so much in high school. Um, and you're fine. Like you're yeah. normal. And as you get older and as you f- meet more people and find your tribe like you will find other people who have had the same experience as you like it it doesn't feel that way at the time it doesn't feel that way in high school but there are a lot of people around you who are also like you and you're just not talking about it so yeah 
And also another thing, like I, I always felt so weird for being a virgin and not having had sex. Sometimes people have sex once and then they just like don't have sex again. So they're not a virgin, but they're also not like living it up like, yeah. like you imagine them to be doing and you hear about people doing. Like it's a spectrum. Like mm-hmm. people are you know, sex life is just like normal life. Lots of different things are happening in your sex life all the time. So yeah, don't, you know, I, I guess, you know, like you're seeing your behind the scenes and you're comparing it to other people's highlight reel. And that yeah. goes for like everything, including, you know, wanting to fit in and, and viewing other people's romantic lives and sex lives. And you're thinking they're having this like great, amazing life and you just aren't. And like, just, you know, try to contextualize that and bring yourself back to earth and and remember that, like, you know, it's it's not as great <laughs> as it seems, and yeah. it's okay to just take things at your own pace. And if you do have sex really early, or, like, you know, if you do, if you're on a late bloomer and kind of do things at the normal pace, like, obviously that is totally fine, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the only thing that ever matters is that you are doing what you want to do, that you feel ready for, that you are okay with and consent to. That's the only thing that matters yes. ever. Oh, my old friend. Yeah, you have <laughs> Okay, so I saw that she liked my TikTok, mm-hmm. and then when I clicked on it and like looked at the list of people who liked it, she wasn't on there. So, but then when I went back, like it was still there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was glitching. I don't know if she liked it and then unliked it. I don't really know. Um, but basically, we used to be friends. We were friends since like first grade. Oh, dang. Um, we went to elementary school together. We went to different middle schools. I went to Sweden for one year, and then I came back. And we went to freshman year of high school together. And then I, I later ended up moving to Sweden for the rest of high school for 10th, 11th, 12th grade. But for freshman year, ninth grade of high school, we went to school together, and we, like, bonded, and we were, like, best friends that year, and we reconnected, and it was great. And then I moved to Sweden. Sweden happened, high school. I come back. I moved back after high school to go to college in the Bay Area. She goes to UC Berkeley. So I'm, like, going to see her. And Mm -hmm. we're, like, friends again. We're hanging out. And I actually met my ex-boyfriend, like, through her. (laughs) Like, he he lived in the dorm across the hall from her their Mm -hmm. freshman year. And we, like, met and started talking and started dating. Um, And as this was happening, like... I don't know. Like, I, I would come home during the summers when I lived in Sweden, and I would come home for the summer, and I would, like, see her. I'd see my other friend. And, like, we still were pretty close throughout high school, and we were pretty close throughout this first year of college. And then, I don't know. Like, it, it felt like she just, like, didn't want to be friends with me one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it like, I feel like I always kind of, like, put in the effort to – reach out to her and be like hey like are you free do you want to hang out yeah and that's the thing about like one-sided friendships like that sometimes it's okay and you know they're just forgetful or whatever they're busy but sometimes you're the only person putting in the effort yeah and you know is it really a friendship if it's that one-sided where if you stop reaching out to them you just won't see them yeah like is that really a friendship that you want to have um so it it felt like she just kind of like pulled back a little bit Mm -hmm. and we didn't really talk about it and I I you know I'm very 
pro open communication. Yeah. She's not really that way. Like, it felt like she was a little bit more, like... Reserved. Reserved, a little bit more, like, passive-aggressive. Like, she would, like, yeah. communicate that she's upset about something, but she wouldn't... Tell you exactly. why. Tell you why. Like, like you could kind of pick up on, like, oh, she's upset, but you don't know why. And yeah. if you ask her, she's like, oh, like, whatever. And you're like, no, like, obviously you're upset. Like, can yeah. we talk about it? So it was, it was a little bit like that. And I, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't really know what happened, but then one day, so it was like, she lived with her friend and then I was dating her other friend and they all like hung out together at school. They all went to UC Berkeley. And so one day we go over to their apartment and it's the four of us. It's like my friend and then her roommate and then my boyfriend, who's like also friends with them and me. And so we're at their apartment and like basically like, and I have social anxiety, so I don't know if a lot of this was like in my head or something, but it basically felt like she, she wasn't my friend and she was just like this girl's roommate. Like that was how she was interacting with me. She like, she didn't really talk to me. She didn't really catch up with me. Like if someone had been observing us, like I don't think they would have known that we had known each other (laughs) since first grade. Like that was not the kind of conversation and relationship we were having at that dinner. Yeah. And I just remember, like, being so tense and, like, awkward. And and these are, like, this my boyfriend and my friend since first grade and her roommate that I've met a couple times and I really like her. Like, I'm supposed to be comfortable. Like, I'm, I'm supposed to be having a good time at this dinner. And I was so tense and, like, awkward and nervous and just, like, tight and like like it was so uncomfortable and I again I don't know how much of this is in my head I don't know how much of it was like actually her like yeah like actually feeling that way but it it just really felt so 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 uncomfortable and I we left and I cried (laughs) to my boyfriend on the way home and like he you know to him he was like he heard what I was saying but like he was just like, yeah, I don't know. Like, she hasn't said anything to me. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um. So, and then I think after that, I I just kind of stopped like reaching out because it, you know, it felt very one sided. And then I think I saw her like for my birthday that year or two or something, and she didn't get me a present. Yeah. Which is fine, but like, the past you know four or five years of our relationship, we had always gotten each other Christmas and birthday presents. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she just like showed up this year and didn't get me anything and she was like, oh, like I didn't know we were doing presents. And to me, I was like, we, we've we always done presents for the past five years. Like, what are you talking about? Of course I got you something. Yeah. And it like, it, it felt like this kind of like signal that like, oh yeah, she doesn't consider you a friend anymore. Like that's, okay. that was how that felt to me. Yeah. And I like, I've always kind of thought that like I should sit down with her and really, you know talk about these things openly the way that I always say that you should yeah because all of this is unresolved it's all just kind of like in my head and I just have my experience of it I don't really know what her side of it is yeah um but that was just I don't and then just like seeing her on my social media like liking my like it just kind of brought it all back and I was like did you like it and then like unlike it when you realized it was me or something like yeah like I don't and now you know this all kind of went down like freshman sophomore year and I broke up with my boy or he broke up with me but we broke up and like now I don't really 
talk to that group of people anymore. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Have you ever like lost a friend? Um, I don't like. I haven't gotten in like f- like friendship fights where things have ended. I think things have just kind of like fell off. Mm-hmm. Especially because, like I said, I like can talk to people and like form relationships really easy. Mm-hmm. But also like there's only a specific subset of, like, friendships that really last. Because, mm-hmm. like, some people are just, like, acquaintances. Like, you'll, like, you'll talk and you'll say hi, like, when you see each other, like, mm-hmm. in class or something. But mm-hmm. I don't think I've, like, ended a friendship or had a friendship end that I can think of. Yeah. Like, I think that was the thing was that, like I didn't I didn't know why like I didn't see a reason maybe we just drifted or something but then you know when I would reach out she would still take me up on it and then we would arrange something and we would hang out and we would have a good time yeah and then I just wouldn't hear from her so like I didn't understand why it happened Mm -hmm. um and also the fact that we were able to maintain our friendship when I lived in Sweden yeah. When I lived 3,000 miles away, we were able to maintain our relationship. And then as soon as I move back and I'm able to, like, see you more often and we can have a closer relationship again, we just, like, stop being friends. Like, yeah. And it, I don't know. This wasn't, like, a, a core friendship or anything. Like, we weren't, like, super, super close. Like, I don't – honest to be quite honest, I don't think I've ever had, like, a best friend where I was like, you get me, like, you understand me, like, there's always some sort of, like, because people are different, which, yeah. is, which is fine, um, but she, she wasn't, like, the closest, like, I, I, probably you, I think we have a good relationship, and yeah. then maybe, like, one other person, and guys, yeah. I'm able, you know, maybe just because, like, you have to be able it's to have, it's easier to get pers- more personal with guys, because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, like, you're not really, like, this thing. <laughs> It's like I can gotta just like say whatever I want. Yeah, but I, I feel like I had a good relationship with my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, I don't think many people have ever really fully like gotten me and yeah. understood me and accepted me. Well, I feel like you're a very outspoken person, but I feel like <laughs> everyone has things that they don't like tell people. Yeah. Like yeah. for me, I'm pretty much an open book. Yeah. But, like, there's still always, like, things that people don't just, like, yeah. tell anyone. Um, but I, like, I always had, like, a little bit of, like, I, I didn't feel, like, fully 100% comfortable with her, which was fine. Yeah. Like, you, know, you don't have to be the closest of friends with everybody. But, like, I th- yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was, it was just, like, this weird thing. Yeah, it's like a weird dynamic. And it's unresolved. Still has not been resolved. Hmm. And How long since you, since you talked to her? I think I, I texted her happy birthday, and she texted me happy birthday. Okay. And that was about so it. Since December. And I, I think I texted her maybe, like, a year ago, and I said, like, how are things going? Yeah. And she responded, and then I, I didn't really know how to respond because I didn't really know what kind of relationship we had. Like, she kind of gave me some details about her life, and I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to, like – text you back and write some like long response and like like are we allowed to be friends yeah are we friends I don't know yeah 
Okay. Alrighty. I think that was about everything. Yeah. Do you have anything? Do you want to talk about your AP interview? Sure. Yeah, it was pretty quick. Um, They emailed me. I didn't know it was going to be a multiple interview process, but they, like, because they emailed me for the first interview. Mm-hmm. And then I interviewed, and that went really good. And then I thought I was going to get my decision after that. But then they emailed me and said they wanted to interview me again. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the Fernal Childhood, like the child care center that's at UCLA. Mm-hmm. And so I observed this classroom for 10 minutes and like they gave me like a clipboard and like I wrote notes. And then like I went in and I talked to like the director and like the person that ran the daycare. Mm-hmm. And they interviewed for maybe like 10-ish minutes. I don't even know if it was that long. Like just asking me questions about like... um like one of the questions they asked me was like um because like they took notes during the first interview and they were like oh because you want to go into therapy with like adolescents and like um teenagers so like what makes you want to work with kids that are so young yeah so just like diving in on like a deeper level and like really like um emphasizing like the commitment that the minor is was pretty much what the interview was. Mm-hmm. But I think it went pretty good. Um, hopefully I'll hear back soon. But it doesn't start till fall of next year, so I don't know when they plan on, like, releasing decisions. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it went pretty good. Yeah, probably, like, because you have to enroll in fall classes, but mm-hmm. I guess you do that, like, over the summer, so. Yeah. No rush. Yeah. Um. I think you'll be fine because you, you. you have like a clear reason for wanting to do it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why why do you want to work with children if you're more interested in adolescents? Well, I like even if I can't work with the same subset of kids that I wanna eventually work with, I feel like either like toddlers and like newborns are like a very like you yeah. can develop like a lot of skills working with that subset of people, like especially because they're just now learning like to talk, to walk, all these, like, like motor movements, mm-hmm. and they're just, like, becoming a person. Yeah. <laughs> so, pretty much just, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's a good foundation for, like, how, like, adolescents, like, how they can, like, correlate. Mm-hmm. Like, seeing how, like, oh, like, this, like, younger child comes from, like, a lower socioeconomic background and then like seeing how that translates into like teenagers mm-hmm. like how their like learning is affected and how like um how they won't be able to do as like like as well in a classroom setting and like just stuff like that mm-hmm. doesn't so like just using it as like a foundation pretty much was my answer mm-hmm. doesn't like your childhood really affect who you are as a person later too so we've talked about this in like my psych 130 like, Psych 130, like, developmental psych class. Yeah. yeah. To where, like, um, it can have a large effect on you, but it's not determinative. Mm-hmm. Like, like, me and you, like, we've had, like, adverse childhood experiences, but it hasn't, like, defined who we are. We're like, not going to be serial killers. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not going to be narcissists. We're not going to be alcoholics. We're not going to, like, do all this fucked up shit just because we've been exposed to it. But, like, like, yes, it can, like affect like your life track but it doesn't have to Mm -hmm. and there's like other like personality traits and like other um aspects of life that go into that as well okay yeah 
cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Hopefully, I get in manifesting. You will. You will, Bestie. I believe Thank in you. you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I think that's all we have for this week. Um, thank you for listening. Yeah, that's quite a lot, but don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Twitter. I think it's at Big Little Pod. I believe. Yeah, Big Little Pod. Um. Mm-hmm. Leave us a voice message if you yes, want to. Please ask hear us questions in the podcast so we can answer questions. Um, fill out our feedback form. It's linked in our link tree. Yeah, yeah, in our link tree, which should be in the podcast description and then also on our Instagram. Um, if you want to like give us feedback on things you want to hear more about, mm-hmm. questions you have, things that you like, things you don't like, all of that. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See See you you later. later. Bye.